Greetings in the name of the Universal Savior, the Global God, Jesus Christ. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to His wonderful name. I want to use as a means of conversation, I want to open with a this conversation with a question in order that you may understand the reason for this partial meditation for you today. Let's open with a question. Question one, where is God when trouble finds me? Two, does God care for what happens in the world? Does God care about me? Does God care about my family? Does God care about my friends? Point three. Does God hear my prayers? And does God answer prayers? In this tumultuous time of our lives. In the midst of human conflict. In the midst of anxiety. Stress and fear. The questions there are in the world is. Where is God when it happens? Does he care? Point four. Does God see me although I cannot see him? Today my personal meditation wish to answer all these questions above. I may not answer these questions individually, but showcase God's ever-presence from time immemorial, God is present today, even when we dead and gone. God will still continue to exist. The problem that people struggle with is the fact that we cannot see God with our physical eyes. This is the main reason why people prefer idols. Because they can see, they can touch and observe the structure with their physical eyes. Although God cannot be seen, God sees you and me. This is the problem with idols. Idols has eyes but cannot see. Idols have hands but cannot touch and feel. Idols do have ears, but cannot hear. Idols have a mouth, but they cannot speak. I challenge all my listeners on this partial meditation, this podcast, to apply Romans 10 verse 13. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So our activity, our human activity, that of calling upon the unseen God, yet he is not absent from our world. When you activate this call upon the name of the Lord, on the name of Jesus, you will experience God's presence in your storms. Now God exists before a storm. God exists amidst a storm. And God exists even when the storm is gone. Regardless of trouble, turmoil, 
and stress in your life. God exists eternally. I haven't seen God, but I tell you, God has seen me. He has kept me alive as a captain in the police for 38 years. I've been redeemed from blood cancer. So God, yes, he saw me fighting the insurmountable, the human impossible. And so what happens? What Jesus says for man, it is impossible, not for God. For with God, all things are possible. So there are life's questions and most of the time there is no immediate answers. But I want you to challenge yourself. Do not lower your standards and bow down to idols because idols were created by the hands of man. The universal God is uncreated. He is pre-existent. It means he sees you in real time. So my challenge from me to you is call upon the name of Jesus and experience for yourselves that God sees you and God wants to have a relationship with you. Today for my personal meditation, I want to continue the investigation of the 41st word, the word slumber. Now this is my theme. The universal God never slumbers. Now, slumbering represents the act of humanity, not the activity or the character of the universal God. God never sleeps. So my personal meditation for you come in this motivation that the universal God, the universal protector, the global presence of the unseen God, he is not absent from our world. Point one, God is spirit. This is what Jesus made. Jesus made this revolutionary statement with the woman at the well while she was engulfed in personal conflict, in personal anxiety, in personal problems, family problems, social problems. Jesus gave her the antidote for stress, for problems, for fear, for anxiety. God is spirit. Point two, humans need sleep. Spirit has no need for sleep. God cannot doze off. God does not abandon the world for a second just to go rest. No, no. God is universal and he slumbers not. Point three, slumber represents the loss of temporal consciousness. So when we doze off, when we sleep, we lose all self-awareness. We are not aware what happens and we do not see the dangers. We are not, we are ill-prepared for any ensuing danger that may attack us because we are wild and gone. We are asleep. So God is spirit, John 4, 24. Humans need sleep. Spirit has no need for sleep. Proverbs 3, 24. Psalm 127, verse 2. Slumber represents the loss of temporal consciousness. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. Proverbs 5, verse 21 to 23. Point 4. God the Holy Spirit is universally present everywhere 
in the entire universe. Jeremiah 23 verse 24. Psalm 139, 1 to verse 17. Point five. The eternal wakefulness of God guarantees that the universe still exists and that it will be endured. It means the ever presence of God sustains the sun, sustains the moon, sustains the planets, sustains the galaxies, sustains the stars, sustains the clouds, and we are being sustained because of the pre-existence of God. I say, yes, God is alive. The eternal wakefulness of God guarantees that the universe still holds together because the pre-existed God, God the Holy Spirit, He sustains, He secures, He protects the entire universe and we are not less than the mountains, the oceans, the animal kingdom. We have been, we were created by the personal desire of God to have fellowship with you and to have fellowship with me. My motivation for teaching comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Let us investigate this verse. Point one, for the word of God is, introduces and represents God the Holy Spirit. Point A, in the beginning, this phrase refers to God's pre-existence and His eternalness before heaven and earth and before the creation of Adam came into existence. So the one that secures you in the midst of trouble, the one that wants to protect you regardless of trouble is the pre-existed God, God the Holy Spirit. He was operational in the person called Jesus. That's why Jesus is called the God-man. In so much that he's fully human and, the, and his humanity was the temple of the pre-existed God, God the Holy Spirit, in dwell Jesus. That's why Jesus could perform miracles that was unable for man to do. But with God, all things are possible. For the word of God is, represents, introduces God the Holy Spirit. Point A, in the beginning, that phrase referred to God's pre-existence and his eternalness before heaven and before the earth and before Adam came into existence. Point one, the word or the logos represents God as the source of everything. John 1 verse 1, Genesis 1 verse 2b, and the spirit of God was hovering over the entire universe. Point two, the word was, with God represents the oneness or the unity in God. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. Point three, the word was God, introduces the physical manifestation of Christ in the world. First Timothy 2 verse 5.
First John 1, 1 to 10. John 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh. The pre-existed God took on humanity, received a new name, the celebrity of the universe, Jesus, the Son of God. So God was present in human form. He was present in the name of Jesus. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So God is available. So God has not abandoned you. God has not abandoned your family. God has not abandoned the world. God is present. That's why the universal holds. The sun shines in the day. The moon at night with the galaxies, there's clouds represents the sustaining presence of God in our world. Isn't it amazing that regardless of evil and problems and crises that the sun comes up as it was destined to do, the moon comes up that night and the stars, they What's amazing, there is no total darkness because when it is dark, the sun and the moon represents the light of the world. God is in our world. Point two, the characteristics of the word or the logos. For the word of God is a alive. Exodus 3 verse 14. Point B, it is powerful, Exodus 6, verse 13. Point C, the characteristics of God the Holy Spirit is alive and powerful. Point C, sharper than any double-edged sword, Ephesians 6, verse 7. It has the potential, it has the capacity, it has the power, want to penetrate. Isaiah 11, verse 2, Revelation 3, verse 1, Revelation 4, verse 5. Point two, it has the personality to divide. Hebrews 4 verse 13. Not only penetrates and it divides, but it has a purpose. God penetrates and divides. One, category one, the soul. Job 12 verse 16. Category two, the spirit. First Corinthians 2 verse 11. Category 3, the joints and the marrow. 1 John 3 verse 20 and Daniel chapter 2 verse 2. So God the Holy Spirit not only exists in the world, but He sees everything in real time. He sees the things in the mountain and yes, He sees the th things in the valley. So the eyes of God we cannot avoid it. He is present in our world to redeem you and to redeem me. Point E. God the Holy Spirit has the power to judge your thoughts. Psalm 139, Job 42 verse 2, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. God the Holy Spirit also know and understands the attitudes of our heart, 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. So God knows at this moment what people are plotting, the evil they are plotting, and God, when we call upon the name of Jesus, will protect us, will preserve us, and watch over us. We will not die prematurely. That's why we can call upon the name of Jesus. Now, complementary to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. 
we find this gigantic statement of the quality of the word. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. Listen to this. 1. All scripture is Matthew 4 verse 4. John 17 verse 7. Point A. All scripture is God breath and is. This statement represents the enablement, the, the, the approval, the blessing of God on the scriptures. Now remember, scriptures, they are paper condensed in a book. Now paper are dead, but God the Holy Spirit makes the scripture alive. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Now, what is the benefit when we allow the gospel of Jesus to permeate our soul, to penetrate our heart, to, to, to be operational in our thoughts? One, it has the potential to teach us. It has Two, it has the potential to rebuke us. Three, it has the potential to correct us. And three, revolutionary, it has the potential and the ability to train us in righteousness. God says, I am holy, therefore we can be holy. We are not holy by human effort. We are not holy by what we do. It is what God does for us is the non-meritorious favor of God, free of charge in our world today. Second Peter 1 verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were inspired by God, the Holy Spirit. Let us, let us, let us investigate the word slumber, the 41st word. I call it a review for reflection. Point one, the word slumber is the 41st word in Psalm 21. Point two. We allocate this word as the 16th word in Psalm 121 verse 3. Point 3. The word slumber reflects twice in Psalm 21 as the 41st word in Psalm 21 verse 3 and the 49th word as in Psalm 21 verse 4. Point 4. The word slumber is an action word and is called the third person singular simple present tense of slumber. Point five. The word slumber is an translation from the Hebrew into the English language. The word slumber in Hebrew is the word yanum. Y-A-N-U-M. Yanum means to sleep lightly or to doze off. Point six. The dictionary defines the word slumber as a natural and periodic state of rest during which consciousness of the world is suspended. Slumber is what people do. Whether you are an, whether you are an important person whether you are president, whether you are prime minister, whether you are the pope, whether you are a, a, a principal man of business, a billionaire, a philanthropist, we fall in the category of slumber. 
when we sleep, we lose consciousness of the world. Now, this is the law of contrast. We slumber, but God is not slumbering. God cannot sleep. It means God is not losing consciousness. It means God is not ill-informed. God is not uninformed or God is not misinformed. God knows the real thing because God sees it in real time. Point seven. The word slumber introduces the law of contrast between God and man. Now, God is not man, and man can never become God. We were born, and we were created in the image of God. But I want to be very to the point. I want to tell you that man can never become like God. We cannot be God. But we are the offspring. We are the creation of the very God. Man sleeps. But God, the universal Savior, the global God, Jesus Christ, neither slumber nor sleeps. Let us look at the law of contrast. As per point A, Numbers 23, 19. Listen to this text. It says that God is not a man, that he should lie, neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. As he said, and shall he not do it? Or has God spoken, and shall he not make it good? Point one. Jesus said, God is spirit. John 4, 24. Point two. Man was created by God. Genesis 1, verse 26. Point three. God the Holy Spirit is the uncreated sovereign king and being beyond the universe. Point four. Man is bound to time but God the Holy Spirit is endless and timeless. Point five. Man needs repentance. God the Holy Spirit is in essence righteous and holy. Psalm 45 verse 17. Romans 14 verse 17. Point six. Humans are called liars. God is called the one that cannot lie. Titus 1 verse 2. So here the Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man. Neither is he the son of man. Now the presence of the in, in, uh, artificial intelligence represents a desire inspired by demons for men to be like God. Because now this machine of being Regulated and controlled by a person and he feels that he is God. But let it be known today that we are not God. But we can become like God. We can love God. We can praise God. We can worship God. And enjoy the benefits of God in our world today. Jesus says that God is better. I am human. I have material. I have weight. I have height, I have a birth date, and I have an end date, the day when I die. Now, the God, the Holy Spirit, is endless, timeless. He's called the Ancient of Days. He was before the world came into existence. God was. God is the cause of angels in existence. 
And then he brought the universe into existence because of his pre-existence. I say he has not abandoned the world. Although he's unseen, yet he is not absent. I'm convinced of that. Today I wish to discuss the word slumber from the point of God the Holy Spirit. What God is. Remember, in the subject of physiology, it is how the body works. It means it is a gift. It is benefit for man to slumber and to sleep, to recuperate lost energy. God don't need what I need. Now, I want to take you into scriptural context that God pre-existed. Point A, I want to, I call this point the six dimensions of God's presence. Let it be known that God knows everything. Let it be known today that God is everywhere, at every place, on at every time, in real time, God sees everything. Now, I have observed over years that there may be more, but I can count six dimensions of God's eternal presence. Now, remember, a dispensation represents a historical time period. Point one. I propose from observation that Scripture introduces, and I mention six, but there can be more, God's ever-presence from time immemorial, even beyond the distant future. God was, God is, and God will ever be. Hebrews 2 verse, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, clearly state the the eternal continuation of God the Holy Spirit. Clearly say Jesus Christ, the God-man, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What was, is, and forever will be. Genesis 1, Genesis 21, verse 33. Point three. I hear, I hear with mention six dimensions that qualifies the pre-existence and the ever-existence of God the Holy Spirit at all places at the same time. Psalm 139, 1 to 17. Point A. Let us look at the first dimension. The pre-Adamic presence of Christ. It means God existed before Adam. It represents the pre-existence, the one that caused the universe to come into being, into manifestation, existed before it came into being. Point one. John 8, verse 58. Now this statement comes from the divinity of Jesus, not just his humanity. Jesus, in this verse, speaks from his divinity and not from his humanity. I quote, I tell you the truth before Abraham was, I am. That word, I am, replicates the words that God uses when he consulted with Moses on the mountain. I am, that I say, I am. The pre-existed one speaks to those who are in existence, Adam and Moses. 
Exodus 3 verse 14. Point two, the pre-Adamic dispensation places God the Holy Spirit in a state of pre-existence before everything else came into existence. Genesis 1 verse 27. Point three, Psalm 90 verse 2 explains the status quo of God's eternal pre-existence. Listen to this. This is, this is revolutionary. This is majestic. I quote. Now listen to this. Before the mountains were brought forth. Ever thou hast formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting you are God. He's God before the mountains. He's God today and he will always be God, regardless of what happens in the world, the mountain, the oceans, the fauna and flora, the human race, we are only in existence because of the pre-existence of the eternal God. Listen again, Psalm 90 verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is, represents, God was, God is, and God will always be. So only because of his pre-existence could God observe whatever happens, what came into manifestation or into being. God sees everything in real time. Point four. In Genesis 1 verse 1, Creation story reveals that God as creator was the first to see his own creation. Isn't that majestic? God was the first witness to creation. God saw everything and God says, I approve of what I have created. In the beginning, God means the pre-existent one Cause the universe to come into formation, come into being, come into manifestation, come into revelation. Genesis 1 verse 4 states, and God saw the light. Genesis 1 verse 18, and God saw that it was good. God was, is, and ever will be existing before everything was even when humanity comes to an end, God will continue to exist. That is why I've been cured, I've been healed from the deadliest disease of blood cancer, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I say God sees when we are in crisis. God sees when we are anxious. God sees when we worry. All you need to do is call Upon the name of the Lord, call upon the name of Jesus. The door to the visible evidence of the God who cannot see. God will come and he will touch you. God will heal you. Your eyes will open. Your muteness will end. Your deafness will end. God will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. So God was, God is, and God will ever be existing because he is the pre-existed one that caused you and I to come into the world. Point B, 
Let me elaborate. Point B, the ancient presence of Christ. The second dimension, the ancient presence of Christ. Point one, this dimension can also be called the Adamic presence when God created Adam. He was created for fellowship with the everlasting God. And because of that initial creation and that fellowship, he was created for eternal fellowship with God. Adam and Eve were created for the benefit of God. We may worship God. We may praise God. We may bless God. We may have communion with God. The ancient presence of Christ represents the Adamic presence. God the Holy Spirit existed before Adam, before Abel, before Enoch, before Noah, and anybody else. So these names are only mentioned in Scripture because God caused them to become alive. God created them so God could use them. God could engage them and God had fellowship with them. You and I, we can also have fellowship with the unseen God because unseen is hiddenness. Doesn't mean absence. I'm convinced about this. Point two. Our ancestor Adam only came into existence by a deliberate and expressed desire and will of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Point three. Let me state this point very clear for you to understand. Adam and the human race came not into existence through Darwin's theory of evolution. That is demonic. That comes from the pit of hell. Man did not evolve, but man was caused to exist by the pre-existed God. Revelation 4 verse 11. But listen to this. Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man. So God created from an existing stuff, substance, dust and water. God formed a structure and God placed his spirit within the structure and it became a living being. So, so we are still alive because of the presence of God within the body of man. We are the temple of God. We are the creation of God. So God, the reason that I am here today the reason why I exist today is because He sustains my life. He protects my life. He goes before me on my journey. He's the one that, that enables me to earn, that I, may, that I may provide for my family. Point four, Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he. Male and female. God will not reverse this, this quality of man. Male and female. Man and woman. He created them. God will not change his laws. God cannot abandon these laws. His, his laws is like his character. Timeless, ageless, ceaseless. Genesis 2 verse 7. 
And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breath into his nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living being. Man became a living soul. Point five. What is my observation? Observation after the Lord God saw the clay, the clay formation, God proceeded to place his spirit into man and man became a living being. So biological life received the nishma, the spark of life after we are given birth to. So I am only alive because of the express will of God. You are in the land of the living because the, the Lord sees your every step and God has preserved you. God has protected you. God has redeemed you. God will save you because he sees you in real time. Point C, category three, the distant past, the presence of Christ in distant past. Exodus 6 verse 3. Point 1. The Lord God appeared unto Abram. Genesis 18 verse 1. Isaiah 51 verse 2. Point 2. The Lord God appeared unto Isaac. Genesis 26 verse 2. Point 3. The Lord God appeared unto Jacob. Genesis 35 verse 9. 4. The Lord appeared unto Moses. Exodus chapter 2. Point five, the Lord God appeared unto Joshua. Joshua 5.13. Now, God appeared unto Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, unto Moses and Joshua. God has appeared. Remember, God is, God is spirit. So God has the audacity to present himself in the form of a man. But most of these characters, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, had dreams and visions where God declared, God spoke, God expressed, God says his love towards them. The reason why the nation of Israel are in our world or the people called the Jews is because God did something impossible for Adam, for Abram and Sarah to do. They were both over 90 and so they lost the, the ability to procreate. They were sexually dead. And the universal God, the pre-existed God, touched them. And what happened? God says, a year from now I will come and there will be a child born unto Sarah. So God does what Jesus says, man, for man it is impossible, not with God, for with God, all things are possible. The impossibilities is what God specializes in. So the Lord appeared unto Abram because God saw Abram. God saw Isaac. God saw Jacob. God saw Moses. God saw Joshua at the geographical location. God meets you where you at. God won't miss a stop. God won't miss a street. God knows your cell phone number. God knows your address. God knows your identity. And the Bible says God is so, so particular in his, in his knowledge of you and me that he says, I know the number of hair on your, on your head. If God knows the number of head, 
over here on a hill. Then it means God sees us in real time. Point D. The visible presence of Christ. This dispensation where God says, I'm not going to uh, just be absent. I'm going to take on visibility. I'm going to take on formation. I'm going to take on a body. And God created this body himself. Point one, this dispensation represents the birth of Christ. The God-man. Because in the person of Christ are two natures, divinity and humanity, and humanity in one person. So, so, so the, the universal God, the one who caused the universe into existence, is now present in our world. He looks through the eyes of Jesus. He touches through the hands of Jesus. He walks with the feet of Jesus. And what happens? He heals. He forgives. He cleanses us. So Jesus Christ is the visibility of God in the world. The people did not see God the Holy Spirit in the man, but they saw the evidence of the presence of God the Holy Spirit in the man. Point two. First John 1 states, listen to this, the disciple John shared these words for you and for me. That which was from the beginning. Hallelujah. God was in Jesus. Which we have heard. God has spoken. Which we have seen with our eyes. It means they saw him for themselves. Which we have looked upon. It took on visibility. Tangibility. God took on time. And our hands have handled of the word of life. The universal God took on humanity in the person of Jesus. God manifested himself and created somebody said to me Mary gave the child but God gave the son. That's what Jesus Christ is the son of God. The very presence of God in our world. This dispensation represents the birth of Christ, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Point 3. John 1, 14 states, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. God did not abandon the world. God did not ignore the world. Nor did God turn His back on the world. God took on humanity that He may come and be the expression and the demonstration of love for every man. John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but have everlasting life. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Point 4, Matthew 1 verse 21, He shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from sin. We have someone that is willing to forgive us and to cleanse us and to purify us from all evil. Matthew 1, 23. He shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Not abandoned, but God loves us so much that he came and have a personal visit to the earth. 
Remember, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But everybody that believes on the person of Jesus becomes a child of God. Point E, let us look at another dispensation, the contemporary presence of Christ. Point one, listen to this, 50 days of the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, God the Holy Spirit that brought Jesus from death and the grave now appeared unto the disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2. What happens? Like fire, like cloven tongues, God the Holy Spirit distributed His presence on the 120 people in the upper room. So God says, I have not abandoned you. You will not be orphans. I will neither leave you nor forsake you. I see you. Wherever you walk, I will be with you. Whenever you gather, I'll be with you. I will never abandon you. I will be with you. Listen to this, John 16, 13. But when he, God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you and me into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So regardless of the time, regardless of evil, regardless of problems, of trouble, of trials, of testing, God, the Holy Spirit, the pre-existed one that sees our movement, that sees our steps, that sees our activity, He is present to preserve, He is present to protect. Point three. The Apostle Peter healed a paralyzed man by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, because He is present in the believer, Acts 3, 1 and 11. Point four, the prison doors was opened for Peter. Acts 12, 5 and 7. The prison doors was opened for Paul and Silas. Acts 16, 25 and 26. How can these prison doors open if God is blind? It's open because God sees the believer in turmoil, in stress, in anxiety. All you need to do is praise God in your problems and God will give you peace amidst a storm. Point F. I call it the futuristic presence of Christ. Remember God was before creation. The pre-Adamic dispensation. God came into the dispensation of Adam because Adam came only existence because of his pre-existence. God took on visibility and dwell amongst men. He came to do what man cannot do. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to redeem us from sin, Satan, and death. And God, Holy Spirit, is in a world to protect, to seal, to watch over. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He watches your every step. To redeem you, to protect you, to provide for you in the world that is full of evil, of wickedness. 
the futuristic presence of Christ. One, the prophet Daniel calls God, he calls him the ancient of days. Daniel 7.13 represents of what I call the pre-existence. It means he was always seen in ancient times. Point two, Isaiah 9 verse 6 calls the universal God, the, uni the universal Savior, the everlasting Father. Now the word Father represents the source of and the source of creation, the source of heaven, the source of the earth, the source of man, the source of the galaxies, the source of the planets, the source of the fauna and flora is the pre-existed Jesus says God is spirit. Point three. The eternal God is called in Hebrews 7 verse 3. It gives a designation, a clarification. He says, without father or mother or genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest for all time. That is Jesus. He is the Son of God. But that which was in Jesus has no father, has no mother, has no genealogy, has no beginning, has no end. With a beginning of days or end of life is the eternal presence in our world. Now let us move to a close. Point B. I call it the eternal presence of Christ respond to us in times of crisis. God has not abandoned us. God will not leave us nor forsake us. So when you call in your crisis, what is preferable? Call him before crisis means make peace with God and God will, God will set the breast in your life, his peace. And the peace of God that goes beyond human understanding will cover your hearts and mind. One, before the flood, God rescued Noah and his family. Genesis 6, 9 and 17. Point B. Point two. Before the fire that consumed Sodom and Gomorrah, the angels of God rescued Lot, the nephew of Abram. Genesis 19. Point three. Before the sacrifice of Isaac, God intervened and provided the lamb for sacrifice. Genesis 22, 11 and 12. Point four. In the lion's den, God intervened and rescued prophet Daniel from lions. Daniel 6, verse 27. Point five. The coming of Jesus, the visible manifestation of the unseen, of the, of the unseen God. Point five. Jesus Christ rescues. One. He rescued Lazarus from the grave. John 11. 38 and 44. Point B. The man possessed by multiple demons was rescued by Jesus and the demons was cast out. Demons, evil spirits, are under subjugation. They are under the feet of Jesus. Mark 5, 1 to 20. Point C. Jesus fed. Jesus fed the hungry. Matthew 15, 32 and 39. Mark 8, 1 and 13. 
Point D. Jesus makes the blind to see. John 9, 1 and 7. Point D. Jesus calms the storm and prevented the drowning of his disciples. Mark 4, 35 to 40. Point F. Jesus, God's perfect sacrifice, was crucified in the place of all mankind to redeem the sons and daughters of Adam. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. Point 6. This is what I want to share with you. Regardless of trouble, test and turmoil, God rescues his own. Psalm 38 verse 8. Isaiah 41 verse 10. And Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Let me share with you some scriptural evidence and foundation that God slumbers not. Point C. Scriptural evidence that God slumbers not. Point 1. Psalm 14 verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. Point 2. Psalm 41 verse 2. And as for me, you upheld me in mine integrity and setteth me before thy face forever. God sees me. Point three. Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Point four. Psalm 139 verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? What's the application? In the midst of what happens in our world, COVID-19, what may happen in our world in the future? Point one. Psalm 121 verse 3 represents the eternal presence of God the Holy Spirit. Point two. Unseen God is not absent from our world. He is, was, and ever will be present in our world. Proverbs 15 verse 3. Point 3. The word slumber speaks about our human limitations and our inabilities to be like God who is limitless and endless. Matthew 19 verse 26. Point 4. We have this guarantee that God will never leave us unprotected, will never leave us and forsake us. He will never do it. He will never abandon you and he can never abandon me. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. And so it was my means to answer these questions. Where is God when trouble finds me? Call God in your trouble and God will respond. Does God care for what happens in the world? God is while awake. But man has a free will. Man can do as he please. But when we see trouble, we can call for divine protection and it will not touch you. Does God hear my prayers and answer prayer? Yes, God listened to every prayer, but our sin and our condition prevents our prayers. The presence of demons and evil spirits, they are there to prevent you from praying and 
for you to feel that God doesn't care. You keep on praying, but call on the name of Jesus and God will do the impossible. Does God see me, although I cannot see him? God is hidden or unseen doesn't mean God is absent. The universe of God never slumbers. So this is a, a dissertation. This is my conversation that God is alive and God sees you in real time. If you are motivated by death postponed ministries, please share my personal meditations with your friends and your network. The peace of the Lord be upon you. Amen.